0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player podcast. I'm your host J215 Forever. Follow your boy on IG, and on my IG page, it will lead you to the Know Your Role Player podcast page, and or you can hashtag Know Your Role Player K N O W Y A R O L E P L A Y E R. One of the hashtags will take you to uh, one of my main podcasts I did over the last two years. Today is a big day, alright, today is legacy day, today is championship day, we're going to honor and respect the 2020 champions. I do want to talk about some games first, because uh, y'all yeah, I know it's like a big basketball fan, I saw some things I loved and didn't love, but let's get right into it. But before we do all that, the best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app, alright? If you don't want to download the Anchor app, that's fine too, you know what I'm saying? Alright, what can you do instead of that? You can go to Spotify. You can go to Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Pocket Cast, and many, many more. Okay, and you search "Know Your Role Player." That's K N O W Y A R O L E P L A Y E R. All right, all right. By now, you already know that the Los Angeles Lakers have won. So let's start by first doing the first thing that's most important: I'd like to congratulate. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, and the entire, Frank Vogel, the entire Los Angeles roster, uh, GM, teams, Genie Bust for winning the NBA championship, alright? It's the hardest thing to do. It is never easy. I don't care what y'all say. A lot of people, oh, it's the bubble. Listen, everybody's saying it's the bubble ain't what you think it is, so we're not going to just keep throwing it, it's the bubble, alright? So we're going to give people their props, and <laughs> we're going to take it from there now. Game 6 was really bad. Now before we get to game 6, guys. Before we get to game 6, y'all have to let me talk about game 5 real quick. All right? Um So, game 5, the heat won 111 to 108. And um to me, they cemented that they were good enough to be there. You know, uh again, not having Gordon Dragic, the best scorer, definitely hurt, but you really have to give this team the credit to pull out a tough game. Now, the big story from this game was, oh, LeBron passed up the final shot. Yo, he had three people open, and if he would have shot that shot, it would have got blocked, all right? And a by him butler came over, man. There was no way that shot was getting off. Passed to a wide-open guy. Guy misses the shot. They get the offensive rebound. Um, Marquise Morris throws it out of bounds. He had LeBron up in the corner. They didn't have any more timeouts, but they had chances to win that game, all right? But again, you don't lose the game in the fourth quarter. You get to the fourth quarter by doing a bunch of different things. And I do believe that for the most part of Game 5, that the Heat outplayed them. Let's get into it. Now, Duncan Robinson, I told you all before, the only way that Miami Heat were going to make this a series, if Duncan Robinson woke up, he finally did. He had 26 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and he really just... He was the second score that they really needed to take some of the pressure off of Jimmy Butler. Uh, speaking of which, Jimmy Butler had a legacy game. All right, he put himself in the top ten best players in the league. There is no more Jimmy Butler slander for me for the rest of the season. Uh, you really just got to give credit where credit is due. Thirty-five points, twelve rebounds, eleven assists. Basically, did everything. All right. Um, if they put a smaller defender on him, he got to the rim, or they had to follow him. If they put a bigger defender on him. He just stepped back, got a little jumper off. Um, they really, really did just, they, 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 they won this game off of guts. Um, we're going to talk about something towards game six, but I wanted to get the last couple things out. Kendrick Nunn also paid really well, uh, 14 points off the bench, four rebounds, three assists. Andre Iguodala had a solid donut. Uh, I don't know if Andre Iguodala has much left, but he has $15 million, so, uh, Maybe he comes and bounce backs next year, but he he was up and down. He had his moments in this playoffs for them. Um, Crowder had 11. And if you go for the Los Angeles side, listen, LeBron also played great. 40 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, 15 of of 21. You can't really play better than that. Davis, 28 and 12. And again, when the Lakers lose, I always say their role players or their shooters probably played poor. Danny Green, 8 points. Caldwell Pope played really good in this game. Um, 16 points. Uh Kyle Kuzma 7, 0 for 4 from the 3-pointer, Rondo 4, 0 for 3 from the 3-pointer, Caruso, 3, 1 out of 2 from the 3-pointer, you know, you just didn't get much production. And uh Dwight Howard absolutely terrible. Two points and two rebounds. And this was the gut check game. This time, you know, this um this really made it a series. But as y'all all know, we're gonna go to game six. And before we just talk about well, let me get right into it. So, the Lakers, again, 106 to 93. But, again, this box score, they hit. So, the Heat scored 20 points in the first quarter, 16 in the second, 22 in the third. Well, this is the NBA Finals. Now, they ran out of gas, all right? They threw the hailmaker maker in game five. You played Jimmy Butler 48 minutes, only 48 hours. 20, you know, you only get 48 hours to the next game. So, game six, he was done. He was done, he was cooked, but you do have to get the Lakers' credit uh, for their defensive uh, philosophy. They played Jimmy Butler. As soon as he got to the ball, no space, all right? They was much more physical, much more engaged, and their defense blew this game open. LeBron started off strong in this game, just going right to the paint, um, you know, doing what he does best. But their defense and energy set the tone. You got to give Frank Vogel credit again for taking Dwight Howard, who was terrible in Game 5, he turned back to the pumpkin, and they put in Alex Caruso, who is by no means great, but he's going to play hard, and he's going to play with a lot of energy, and that just took and blew this game open. Now, with that being said, I got to get this off, all right? I think Eric Spolstra is one of the three best coaches in the league. You got Spolstra, you got Brad Stevens, and you can decide between Nick Nurse or Greg Popovich, We'll give Nick Nurse since he had the more, uh, you know, more recently better. But we're going to put Popovich in there, too. You know, he's a top five coach. Anytime he can be one of the best coaches in the league. He's been there for a while, too. This was his worst game as a coach. Okay, so a couple things. One, early on, Bam really wasn't doing anything. Now, I know you can't just not play Bam or bench him. But to me, you could have at least tried. While this game was getting away from him, you, you could have at least tried to put um. what's my man's name? give me one second. Uh Kelly Olinick. We could have just try to put him in the first half because Davis is playing so far off of Bam that he just packed the paint and you know Bam only really got a jump shot with uh Kelly Olinick, he has to come out there, paint's open. Now you see Butler and Tyler Hero and everybody get into the paint. All right? But the biggest thing and you know uh there was a report that Gordon Dragic had text, texted Eric Spolstra at 3:45 in the morning, right? Yo I know what the coaches have saying, please don't get off to me. And I'm going to give him a semi-pass because I think he just triggered an emotion. And, um, you know, this team had a lot of great continuity. really liked each other. And I just think he tried to see if he could get something out of there that wasn't there. You saw immediately, within as soon as he played it, one, he's not 100%. And two, he was not an effective player on the court. And as a coach, now, if this game got out of hand, I already got blown out, Sure, put him in. Hey, give it to him. But as a coach, you're putting out a guy that literally could not do anything. I'm sorry. That was terrible, man. It didn't mean anything. There was no gut to. He could not be out there, all right? He could barely move. Uh, he got up and down the court. You know, defense, he wasn't doing much. Uh, it just wasn't. He. he. What did he do? He had five points in 19 minutes, and that didn't. I don't... Them five points probably was like a layup and an open jump shot. You know, he was terrible, and um, it was just an emotional decision by Eric Spolster, who was really good. Also, Andre Iguodala, horrible. Every time he put this dude in, I'm not going to lie, they, they just went on a run, and we're going to see what Andre Iguodala next year, but he was bad. He kept putting him back in, but that Gordon Dragas thing, when I saw him go in, I said, this game is over. Um, again, I do also believe that the Heat did run out of energy, but it's not about who lose, lost; it's about who won. So I want to congratulate the Lakers, but that was probably one of the worst, that was his worst coaching game as a coach ever, because it's just one, they already went down, and to me, you gotta just, you gotta try stuff, but putting a guy that can barely move laterally on the court, that was an emotional decision, and that was horrible, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, when I saw him out there, I said, yo, this game is over. Now... For every loser, there is a winner. Like I said before, and we want to congratulate the Los Angeles Lakers. And let's talk about legacies. All right, so who do we go with first? I want to go with LeBron. We'll put LeBron in the back burner. Let's start off with some of the role players. All right, first and foremost, Rajan Rondo and Dwight Howard. Um, you know, let's go with the Howard first. Howard, even before this season, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay. Um, this stats peak for itself. He He's just unlikable, he's a little odd, but again, you can't Orlando Dwayne Howard is a Hall of Fame player, and again, there's way worse guys in a Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame for the NBA, uh, you don't I'm not gonna say you don't gotta be great, they let a lot of people in there, is what I say. It's not like this extremely hard thing to get into, and there are way worse centers than big men in it than Dwayne Howard. He deserves to be in there, but you gotta think about it. He leaves uh, Orlando, crosses the trade, goes to the Lakers. He had back surgery, was not an effective player, plays terrible, goes to Houston. Houston, they had some success overall, not happy. Um, And then he just goes on a bunch of teams. He's on Charlotte, he's on Atlanta, he's on Memphis. Uh, Memphis waived him. He was out of the league, man. And so uh, it was a little interesting story. Uh, Before the season, you know, Kobe... Uh, I think he had talked to Kobe to kind of re some stuff because Kobe was like, yo, you ain't it. Uh, you know, y'all remember the legendary Kobe calling the Howard how we soft, but um, he had a workout before the season with L.A., and he said he dominated the workout. He looked amazing. And as y'all saw in the playoffs, man, he, he had his moments. Uh, not the player he was, but, again, he was effective against Garden Jokic, against Denver. And, um, you know, he he kept them big. He played defensive hard, uh, hard fouls. He did what he had to do. You know, and you gotta uh really give him credit. Uh he was really emotional after the game. because um, this guy was out the league. You got waived by Memphis who needed a backup uh center and they didn't want nothing to do with you. The Lakers picked you up and the team that you got traded to to uh carry the franchise back in twenty thirteen. You later go back five years later and won a championship. So that's full circle pretty cool. So uh, let's congratulate Dwight Howards. Next, John Rondo. Similar to Howard, after the initial part of his career, it goes off. Now, the question is, is Rondo a Hall of Famer? I'm going to respectfully say no. I think he's a Hall of very solid and decent. I think at his peak, he can compete with anybody, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Y'all can disagree with me. But after having a phenomenal career in Boston, uh, he goes to Dallas, and it just doesn't work. You know? One thing about Rondo is, you know, he's high IQ, but he is stubborn and he's stuck in his ways. And him and Rick Carlisle was a no-go. They got that boy up out there quick. All right? <laughs> After that he goes to New Orleans. Uh they have some mixed success. Um remember they upsetted uh the uh Portland Trailblazers in a big series where him and Davis played really well. Um also went to Sacramento. He was uh he was okay there, not their best team. But um, it's kind of funny. So when he came to the Lakers, right, and I don't know if y'all remember this, he originally came there because he wanted to push Lonzo Ball, which is a weird statement, and they just wanted to give somebody to him to compete with. So, but he 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 had, like, weird success. Like, Rondo always has his moments, but they was actually ranked one of the worst offenses in the league when LeBron set, and a lot of people pointed at Rondo, and he had some bad moments. They were thinking, yo, we got to trade Rondo. We got to get a backup point guard. They do not win this championship without Rondo. Uh, he had timely points, defense steals, uh, rebounds, and he just makes plays, man. Uh, again, LeBron James said he's one of the smartest, highest IQ players i ever played with, and I'm going to have to agree. Uh, hopefully, the Lakers resign Rondo, too. So we got to give him some credit. Uh, Anthony Davis. So for a long time, Anthony Davis was kind of this weird player to me because he clearly is great but he could not lead a team as the best player on the team. Now, one day I think he'll be able to do that again, but even with LA, if y'all remember in the beginning of the season, um they tried to force feed him the ball, make him a number 1 option and I don't know, it really didn't uh wow. It really didn't work out well. They had to kind of give the offense back to LeBron, LeBron leads the league in assists. Uh, Davis kind of fall into the number two role. So uh, it was really interesting. But over the season, you he kind of gained his confidence. Uh, he started playing within himself. He started killing matchups. The funny thing about the Lakers is that they can play any style, big or small. And when they play small, they're putting Davis at the five, and you cannot put those small six-foot-six, the Crowders, the igadels the Butlers. You can't put them little guys on them, all right? He kills those little guys. And, um, you know... Even defensively, there was a story that I loved uh, of holding LeBron accountable. Now, y'all know, as I am not the biggest LeBron fan, but um, you know, last year, LeBron didn't play defense at all last year. He hasn't played defense for a while. Anthony Davis, I think he said one of the first days in the film room, was like, yo, you got to be better defensively. He calls him out right there. Now, as y'all know, LeBron is notorious for being passive-aggressive and kind of sending any shots. And I was listening to the uh, Bill Simmons podcast with uh, Jared Dudley, and he was talking about how there was no passive-aggressiveness because they just talked about everything open. And when Davis went right at LeBron, he kind of just was like, he gave him some feedback, and then he just kind of went along with it. So you really got to give Anthony Davis and Frank Vogel for setting a defensive tone in the beginning of the season. The Lakers were one of the best defensive teams all year. Alright, you got one of the best defensive teams, two of the top five players, you can make it happen. And uh, it's just kind of funny because, um, you know, uh, I was arguing with a couple Lakers fans. It was like, yeah, man, we all saw this coming. Well, if we're being truthful, we didn't see anything of this coming. So if you go back to the Lakers and after they won the two championships with Kobe Bryant, with the late great Kobe Bryant, um, you know, once he tears his Achilles, they give him a two-year deal. But at the time, the rest of the team isn't good. They're signing Jeremy Lin, They had Julius Randle. They really didn't have any... uh, Carlos Boozer signed there. They were terrible, you know. Um, They couldn't get free agents. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge had said the meeting went terrible, and they just... Even Dwight Howard, who they traded for, left. They became kind of a joke of a franchise. Listen, Lakers fans, I'll tell you this, self, man. It's been for, for an organization that great, they've been kind of terrible, horrible management. Um... I'll never forget in 2016 at 1201. Um, I forgot his name. Uh, Jeannie Buss' brother, I think it's Jim Buss. You know what he said? He said, I gotta get Timothy Mosgolf and Luau Dang. I have to get Timothy Mosgolf and Luau Dang. Most people in, in the NBA knew Luau Dang was not the same player. They still gave him a huge contract. Timothy Mosgolf, I don't even think Timothy Mosgolf's in the league, man. You know, Timothy Moskulp is the definition of a LeBron making somebody better than he actually is. Because that dude, man, he wasn't it. Um, But you got to give GD Bress a lot of credit. Uh, Even remember uh, two years ago with Magic Johnson coming in there and saying, I'm not going to be here. And literally saying on live uh, television that he quit without even telling the organization, which is crazy. Then goes the first take the next day. And throws Rob Palenka under the bus saying, Rob's talking behind my back. He's being shysty. I don't trust him. You got to be careful for Rob. Um, but in the end, it doesn't matter. And we could even go back to last season. You know, they get LeBron last season, and they sign, like, Lance Stevenson. They had Rondo there uh, along with the young guys, and they were bad last season. LeBron gets hurt, comes back, says I'm going to playoff mode, misses the playoffs. Hey, it's all good, though. Let's forget about that. Um, But, at the end of the day, Anthony Davis became available. They got one of the top five players in the league. You put LeBron and Anthony Davis on, but love the rest of the roster. The rest is history, man. So, it um it's actually encouraging to me because it just shows you how quickly you can turn a franchise around when you're getting the right players, man. Um, So, uh, again, shout out to the Lakers. And last but not least... Shouts out to LeBron James on winning the number four championship. Uh LeBron is very interesting to me. His personality, his game, but you can't um, deny his will of greatness. Um best player in the league after having a down season last year, bouncing back from it. Um and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the back nine of LeBron. I guess get the last part of LeBron's career. He's 35, turning 36 in December, and um you know, if you look at this Laker team, as long as they make some of the right moves, and we'll talk about that later, um, they should be expected. They are the favorites right now if you're looking at Vegas to win the next championship. And for the next two or three years, man, you got LeBron and Davis. You got to go for it. So, uh, you know, you got to just be give him credit, too. Um, even early in the season, again, committing to defense. Um, it was something that I was like, yo, what's this about? And it was kind of all good. And. He really played defense. I mean, he could have made – listen, if you would to put him on second team all defense, I wouldn't have been mad at him. You. you know, he played with effort all year, and um, him and Davis set the tone how great the Lakers are going to be offensively. Um, who else we want to give some love to? Uh, Cal, uh Kyle Kuzma. We're going to give him some love to. Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green are some of the most hated on Lakers um, by Lake Show, Laker Nation. And uh, Danny Green's a good player. He just went cold sometimes. Um, but Kyle Kuzma, man, I've never seen somebody who just gets so much hate from the Lakers fan. Now, he does some of it himself. He uh, doesn't have the highest IQ. But um, he played good defense. For a guy that was a defensive sleeve earlier in the season, he really, really played good defense and um, stepped up his game. You know, And that's pretty interesting. Uh, so this is it. This was the last game of the season. Um, As y'all guys know, we do not know when next season is going to happen. Free agency is expected in December. So um, what I want to do is we want to have maybe one or two teams we talk about every day, once a week, uh, for the rest of the winter. And we talk about how you're going to rebuild for next year. You know, and so uh, we're going to start that series off next Friday. I uh, got to do a lot of information. We'll start with the two championships. We'll go forward and back. We'll go from the best team to some of the worst teams. You know, so we'll start off with the Lakers and the Heat and we'll go all the way to the playoff teams to the non-playoff teams and we'll just see what teams didn't make what move to get back. But uh again, congratulations to everybody on the Lakers. Uh Frank Vogel, if I didn't say him, Frank Vogel real quick um was on the Orlando Magic and he had this old school offense that wasn't working. They fired the mess out of him, too, and he kind of had a slice of humble pockets. He was like, yo, I got to get better at stuff, you know, and um, if y'all remember, they had signed Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd, and people were like, yo, if things go bad, they're going to fire Frank Vogel, and um, Frank Vogel had got LeBron's respect early on his preparation for uh, defense. LeBron had uh, stopped what he was doing in film and said, this is amazing, and uh, y'all saw all year, the Lakers played good defense, man. Um... Everybody wanted the Lakers and the Clippers to play in, but looking at it now, man I, do not I d I don't, th- I, don't beat, I don't think they would have beat the Clippers, you know. One, they uh the Clippers have kept getting exploded matchups and two of their best players and Lou Williams and um Montrez Harrell. Either one of those guys are defensive players, and all Denver did was put both of them picking rolls and keep attacking Harrell. And um Listen, I don't care if they would have played him or not, until they beat him, uh the bubble experience was really hard for a lot of people not being away from your families for 94 days. So you really got to give the Lakers credit for their mental toughness. And that's it, man. You got to celebrate, man. It's not easy to win an NBA championship. LeBron is now on four. Um, this puts him definitely in the top five greatest players of all time, uh, where you put him is subjective. And listen, man, he, he's got a chance to really do some special things. He's still great. He still moves really well for his age. He takes care of his body. And they can really do some special things, all right? Um, again, we're going to come back next Friday, and we're going to talk about how these two teams can improve for next season. And we'll start with uh the Miami Heat and, <clears throat> excuse me, the Los Angeles Lakers, all right? This is the Know Your Role Player podcast, all right? Follow us on hashtag on Instagram, Know Your Role Player. The page will come up. You'll see it right there. Guys, I'd like to thank y'all for having an amazing season. We did it, man. Um, This has been fun, man. I love talking basketball. Y'all guys helped my dream come true. The channel will continue to grow and expand. Uh, Again, next Friday we're coming back with the uh, off-season episodes, and I'll see y'all then. Peace.